Hello, hello. You're listening to Postcards to the Universe with Melissa here on One Two Radio, where we are changing the way we manifest in the world. Hi, everyone. Welcome. I'm really excited for today's show. As you know, it's Wonderful Wednesday, my favorite day of the week on One Two. So I so appreciate you guys who are listening to me, um, who listen to me regularly. And for those of you who are new to my show, I just want to let you know that if you would like, we do have a private Facebook chat room. And you can come and you can make comments. You can ask questions. And to get into our Facebook chat, you must have Facebook. And if you do have Facebook, if you go to 12radio.com. And on the left menu bar, you'll see a chat button. If you click there, you will be redirected to our 1-2 Radio Facebook group. And my wonderful producer, Ade, will let you in. And I'm super excited because Ade is also today's guest. So he is wearing two hats. And I am going to bring him over in a moment you know he's he's juggling so he's behind the scenes producing and he's also the guest so giving him some time to get himself adjusted so we can have today's conversation I think it's hard to do both I know it's hard for me just to look at the chat post photos post links and talk about what I want to talk about all at the same time while I'm live on the radio so I can imagine how difficult that is and so I so appreciate him saying yes to today's show so you guys know, and I will post that in a sec, the, um, I always share a Magic Monday message postcard, and this week's postcard is uh, sit a spell, this is the affirmation, sit a spell and gather your thoughts. And I saw this sign, it was a sign when I was in this really cool store the other day, and I thought, oh, I love that message, of course. And there's, it was in a, a big bowl of, you picked one, you know, you picked a card and that was your affirmation. It had all these really cool messages on it. And I was like, oh yeah, totally up my alley. I loved it. <clears throat> and I thought, isn't that what we do all the time, right? We think of what we want and we dream it into reality, whether we're aware of it or not. So that's why I try to be aware of it. And it's funny, I didn't realize until yesterday that today is also Beltane. So it's a, it's a very magical day. So if you guys don't know what Beltane is, May 1st is Beltane in the Northern Hemisphere. And on that day, it's, we honor nature's oldest love story. Beltane means bright fire. And in Earth-based traditions, it represents the symbolic marriage of the god and the goddess and their eternal embrace. And according to ancient lore, the two have been separated all winter long. And their glorious reunion on Beltane is celebrated with food and drink and multicolored uh, maypoles to symbolize female energies wrapping themselves around the male form. And the entire world comes alive with new life and bright colors to celebrate this union of the divine feminine and the divine masculine. And this holiday is a celebration that honors the divine balance in the union of masculine and feminine and in the union of all of us. And I thought, oh, wow, that's really, really cool that today's that. And I've seen some people posting some photos of festivals, and I'm just so jealous. I'm like, oh, I'd love to go to one of these festivals. And I'm sure over there in Scotland and Ireland and England, it's probably just jamming over there. So it's really cool. 
And I found out today also, May is Mental Health Month, which is perfect for what Ade and I are going to chat about today. Um, how do we deal with change, especially dramatic change, when it pulls the rug right out from under us and we are forced, whether we like it or not, to shift? So before I bring a day on, I'm going to read a little from his bio for those of you who are not familiar with him. I know... Most of you who listen, who listen to One Two regularly, know a day he has his own show, on um, which he's going to share a little bit about his show when he comes on. But he has his own show here on One Two Radio, also. So let me just read what his little bio says for those of you who are not familiar with him. For over 15 years, a day Ani Fawoshe. That's his last name. I said it right. (laughs) Served as a transformational (laughs) agent, life coach, workshop facilitator, and radio host, assisting people in recognizing their potential and rediscovering themselves. His theme is building harmonious relationships, and he inspires clients to see who they really are, enhancing their realization that there is more of themselves they have yet to experience in this ever-evolving life. A day has a knack for asking the right questions that lead to a shift in consciousness within his clients. Shifts occur because a day's compassion and ability to listen deeply create the space for clients to tune into the answers that are within them. With ease and grace, he uses humor to make his clients feel safe in his presence, always seeing and speaking to the best in his clients. A day is always inspiring, encouraging, and supportive. His passion motivates and compels him to be a catalyst for aha moments for his clients. And he says, this is his direct quote, I remind people that there is always a solution to whatever challenge, struggle they're going through. I inspire people to believe in themselves and trust the process of life. And that's perfect for what we're talking about today. Welcome, Ade. Thank you. Hey, hey, hey. Thank (laughs) you for the invitation. (laughs) I'm so excited. You decided to say yes to being my guest. Thank you for the invitation. Yeah, I know it's a lot for you, juggling both, but it's going to be nice and smooth. We're all good today. So yeah, you produ- know, producing gonna... has its own. You have to have a different head on. I've tried to do both, and I realized, no, I can super task, but I don't need to be producing and hosting a show or doing an interview. So right now, I don't have to think about that computer. I can just focus on you and the listeners. Good. That's what I wanted for today. So you know, I'm going to ask you. <laughs> you know, I'm going to ask you. <laughs> you hear me ask everybody. I know, right? What's the question? What's it going to (laughs) be? What are you working on right now? What are you manifesting? (laughs) What are you manifesting? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, this is the part where I ask myself the question just just this one time. Well, Mm -hmm. it's funny because I had some things that are very present. And so it's not a lot, but it's a lot. So... One is I am starting a podcast, podcast which mm. is it's going to start in June. Yeah, I've been I wanting to do your, that. Time. I'm going to post your. I'm sorry to interrupt, but I want to. I'm glad yeah. you said that because I have your little being you, your little thing mm-hmm. that you made at your podcast. So okay, great. Yeah, tell us about it. 
Yeah, there's, you know, I've been wanting to start a podcast for probably a year now, but I just couldn't see how to make the shift. Like, well, I'm doing a radio show. A podcast is nothing but a recorded radio show. So mm-hmm. it was kind of hard for me to make that shift in my own mind. And, you know, the universe had my back. So based on my current situation and just being back in UK and the changes that I've gone through, because there are just so many things that have showed up since being back here. And this podcast is coming out of that, it's birthed out of that experience. And, and really, it's also part of something else that I'm working on, which is writing a book. And mm. I was listening yeah. to the show with Christy, Katie, and Elisa today. They were talking about their experience about writing a book. And sometimes I'm just like, yes, you ain't never lied. Because, mm-hmm. you know, I've always thought that, I mean, they mentioned this on the show earlier. It's like that all my computers, and I've had four or five different computers, have some kind of book that I started with. and it was almost there um but this book is definitely this is it's it's more than me it is it's like a a birth that is that is ready it's a child that wants to come out um i have a book coach and the process of writing my own story Mm. and it's been sometimes grueling sometimes Uh exhausting Sometimes I find myself revisiting stories of things that happened in the past that I've just kind of dealt with, pushed it to the side and kept moving. Now I have to face it and write it and I'm having to experience the feeling again. Sometimes doubt, sometimes shame, sometimes guilt, sometimes blame, sometimes like, whoa, that was really good times. Oh, yeah, I remember that. And so all these experiences that I've been going through are sort of just refining me and and just see, I know and see that my work is changing, um, uh-huh. how I teach and how I share, it's changing. And that's how the podcast came about. Well, that's, that's why I'm able to make the shift now because I uh-huh. feel like something new is happening. And then one other thing that I'm doing, I told you there's a lot of things I'm working on. I haven't started yet, so they're all in the beginning process. <laughs> and I don't, I'm You're like, just okay, planting spirit. the seeds right now. That's great. I love yes. it. Actually, some of them are start, yeah, planting the seeds and tilling the soil and watering them and everything. And there's another, I'm, tra- I'm on a, doing a course, which I'm really, really excited about. I'm training mm-hmm. to be a certified somatic sex educator. And... Mm-hmm. That is, ooh, wee. I mean, that sounds interesting. Got to, we should do a show on that when you get more into it later. <laughs> you know I will. <laughs> you know I will. It's really about really having people um, get in their bodies and heal the sexual trauma and be able to reprogram their brain, their mind, and, and things that happen, the abuse. And, you know, also the importance of consent. Even right. not just, even with your own partner. To mm-hmm. be able to say no. I don't want that. Yes, I want that. And just having a different relationship with our bodies. Because I, I for me, it's like, I just know. It's not even just for me. For all of us, our sec, uh, sexual energy fills mm-hmm. our humanity. And if it's contaminated, which most of us have some kind of contamination, either we're judged for who we are, how we express, judged for an experience that happened, judge ourselves for an abuse that happened. So we're all going around in the world and our essence 
has been contaminated, has been disrupted. So for me, it just takes my work to the next level. And it's something that I've always thought about many, many years ago, but I just didn't have the courage to walk into a place where they're talking about sex and sexuality. And I'm like, oh, no, I can't do it. Now it's like, ooh, I'm ready. And the excitement of being able to support people. As I go through my own journeys, because I've had some, I've had to do some sessions, some counseling sessions that have just brought stuff up that I was like, wow, I didn't even know. And the beauty of being able to address stories of the past in a supportive environment helps you step out of the story, helps you step out the guilt and the shame. And when you can do that, the guilt, the shame, the blame, the judgment, you can step out of that and just tell the story. Oh, it is liberating. So that's just a few things that I'm working on. (laughs) I love that you're doing that because there's a lot of embarrassment about our sexuality and shame around it, you know? So that, that just, it, I can, I can see you, and you're healing because you help so many people that that would be an added something that you would add to your toolkit to help other people. Like it, it, it doesn't surprise me when you say that that's something that you're doing. And I can't wait about your book. I'm not going to ask you the title because I know <laughs> you're not ready to share that yet. <laughs> you could ask, but I won't tell you. <laughs> I know. That's why I'm not going to ask. <laughs> but is it going to, are you going to talk a lot about your, your, your personal, some of these experiences um, that you've had? Is that in this book? Oh, yeah. Oh, okay. definitely. I this thought is, so. I just it, wanted to. It's a memoir, me. really. Okay. I mean, the, the, of course, the trigger, the catalyst was my government retreat when I was detained in October. And I knew that there were so many options that I had to, well, that I was thinking about as how I get this story out. But what I knew was it wasn't a story of how bad mm-hmm. Trump is or what he's doing. It would never be, it was ne- I knew it was not a story where I'm going to be like, oh, those motherfuckers did something horrible to me. I mean, there were things that happened that were horrible, but it was never about that. And at the right time, it just really, it just came about. And I really have to thank um, Diana, who would always say, you don't have to thank me. She's such a beautiful soul. She, mm-hmm. she just makes things happen. And we had a conversation, I think it was in January. And as we were talking, it just got very clear. And I said, you know what? It is the book. I got to write it. And she was like, oh, I'm so excited. And it just felt right. It just felt right at this time. So starting with that story um, kind of has taken me to growing up in UK. Um, and one of the major things, there's two, well, actually, the two major things that happened. I'll just talk about one for now. Because <laughs> okay. it would take the conversation a whole different direction. Um, okay. One one major thing that happened was I, in the process of writing, I discovered, realized that I hadn't really embraced this country as my birthplace. I was born here. Right. And it's, and it's a place where I, I felt disconnected to. It's almost the way I described it to somebody. It's like being adopted mm-hmm. and you get to meet your biological mother or father and you know that's your biological mother. Or father, but there's not a lot of connection. And I wasn't aware of that consciously until I started writing this book and there are many things that happened. It's like, oh, my God, I've sort of just treated this country, my birthplace, as, oh, yeah, it's just UK. And that's for us, I believe that for every one of us, where we're born, it makes a big impact on who we are and how we are to it. 
um, influences how we show up in the world. So part of my journey is actually loving this country, my birthplace, even though my roots, my parents are Nigerian. It's like loving this experience of being in UK and being born here. Um, and it's just brought a lot of stuff up. And the theme of the book so far right now is about belonging. I knew that that's something that I've worked with, but it just got very clear that one major thing, the main thing for me, the theme of my life so far is looking for where I belong, being born in this country, then moved back to Nigeria and eventually came back to the United Kingdom and then eventually moved to America and now back here and still trying to, where do I belong? There's so many stories around that too. So anyway. Oh my God, that's so isn't it interesting that you're writing the book back where you started from. Yes, yes. Right? I mean, you know that's that not thought. a coincidence. That just gave me goosebumps that you Absolutely started this journey not. back where you originated yes. from. It's crazy. I, <laughs> I can't wait to read it. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's like I needed to come back here to tell the story from the beginning. I mean, I often say it's like the prodigal story, um, prodigal son story. In the Bible, there's a, there's two sons. The father gave them gift. One stayed with the father, and the yep. other one went to a far country. And the one that went to the far country, another country, just end up using it's an allegorical story, really. Um, he went up spending all the things that he had and eventually living with pigs and didn't have nothing, living homeless and everything. I never lived with pigs, but I was homeless. <laughs> but, you know, but now he came back to his father and his father welcomed him home. And the brother at home was like, you've never done a big celebration for me. How come you treat him like that? And the father's like, I am grateful to have all of you, you and your brother. So for me, I feel like home welcomed me back home. And to now tell my story from the perspective of being at home as opposed from as opposed to being somewhere else writing about because there's nothing like being in the space and the place because there's a lot of stuff that's come up that I didn't I wasn't I just wasn't aware of. And it's like, oh, I can see why I felt disconnected. So, yeah. Yeah, it's gonna. I can't wait to read it. I know it's going to be amazing. I just have goosebumps listening to you. And I think that's so important that you said your story because that's part of what today we're going to be talking about what happens when, you know, dramatic changes and, and the kind of changes that pull the rug out from under you like you're in car, you know, you being taken <laughs> off of a bus and, and incarcerated. Pull the rug, you know? my clothes, my <laughs> yeah. reality, my life. <laughs> but it's about us owning our stories, right? Yes, because. Yes. Because the only guarantee we have in this life is that things do not remain the same. And change is inevitable and all change can be stressful. But what happens when a dramatic experience like that happens when something is literally pulled out from under you? How do we own the story? How do we not get into the blame game? How, like you said, my book, I mean, Donald Trump is not even, it's not about him. It's not about who was in the presidency that changed the laws or, or is enforcing these laws. It's how do you own your own story, right? That's what we want to do because we are not living anybody else's life. We're not in anybody else's body. We only have our story. And unfortunately, terrible things happen all the time, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. right? Yeah. So how do we take complete personal responsibility and not get into this blaming? Because the victim being in the being playing the victim is really easy and it feels good for a little while, but it doesn't doesn't last. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You know, when I 
it's my experience my 40 days and 40 night experience 40, 40 nights experience of what i call government retreat it <laughs> gave me you know it gave it. me an opportunity <laughs> it gave me an opportunity really to um practice not just what i preach but what i know mm-hmm. and sometimes we can know something mm-hmm. and not have the experience mm. yes um no, let me rephrase that. Oh, that's the same thing. But I really want to say direct experience. I'm going to say this to emphasize my point. Um, I often say, where well, I did, that, you know, we're in the Western world, we live in a country where we warehouse our parents. That when they're old, you know, we just put them in a home. Right. And I had some things to say about that. Uh, part of it may have been judgmental. Um, mm-hmm. and I meant what I said then. I don't even need to forgive myself for what I said because that's how I saw it. However, when I came back to England, my father was here, and one day my sister, because my sister, I live with my um, my sister and I live together. I live with my sister, I live in a house. However, you want I want to say that. Um, <laughs> Clearly, I still have some issues about it. <laughs> Living out. Yeah. <laughs> live with my sister. Live with my, I don't know. It's just still. Anyway, and normally when I'm doing my show, she's here. So I don't have to think about my father. Now, it doesn't. my father doesn't need constant help, but we just want to make sure he's fine. Right. He had some health challenge going on. This day, my sister had to go out. And I was getting ready for my show. And I was trying to make sure dad was okay. I ran upstairs to check on him. And I wanted to make sure I check on him a few minutes before my show. But I just could not be relaxed. It was just like, oh, I wish my sister's here. And and I was feeling all this anxiousness. And then it occurred to me. It's like, oh, wow. Now, there are some people who may have to put their parents and a home because maybe they're self-employed. Maybe they don't have time to be at home with their parents. or So they look for the next best thing. And having that experience with my father just gave me a whole different experience. You know, that's, that's, that's something that a lot of people, I believe, can relate to. And that's what I mean by direct experience. So if I'm ever going to talk about warehousing our parents, I would say it differently, that for some of us, that's what we need to do. So my change, when the carpet, as you put it, was pulled for under me, under me, that, that, I mean, there was, I think, when the incident happened, it was like, oh, shit. (laughs) This shit is real right now. And just had no idea what's going to happen. Just thought it was going to be like a one day. I didn't. I never thought I'd be there more than one day. I thought, okay, later on in the evening, I'm going to go back to Atlanta. Out, but it just just never occurred to me right. that I was going to be there more than one day. Of but course. you know, so by the second day and just facing the reality of where I'm at, mm-hmm. I did go into some blame. I blamed oh, myself. Sure. <laughs> I blame my circumstances. I even blame Bobasa. I had my moments, like me. I, you know, did just stuff I said about it. Right now, the 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 beauty, the blessing for me, as I see it, is because of the work that I do. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
I have always said, even before I knew, before I started, before I was started being a coach, I've always said that I wanted my life to be an example of what I teach. Now that's a that's a that's a strong Ooh, prayer. That's an affirmation okay. you just made, my dear. <laughs> <laughs> I want my life to be an example of what I teach. And when I start living, when I start teaching, it was like, wait, wait, wait. I might want to augment that a little bit because. <laughs> In a way, I wanted to know that what I'm teaching is real. So because I've been teaching, I've been helping people, I've been doing my own inner work. I've been really just like spiritual growth and transformation has been something that I'm passionate about for myself and helping others. I had those tools. I have made an investment in my mind, in my heart. So they were they were popping up to support me like tools. I just had the tools. But there were times I didn't want the tools. I didn't want the tools of being in the present. I didn't want the tools of being grateful for where I'm at. And there were times I did. So it's like, I think it's it's okay to be a victim. It's okay to blame. Now, you just have to know eventually when to bring yourself back to the middle, to bring yourself back to your center. So really, the way you said, you know, how do we get in that place where we don't blame and don't judge? What I will say is, do the work in advance. Like if you're an athlete and you know one day you're going to be participating in a competition, maybe you're still in high school, you know, you're not going to think, well, I'll wait till the day of a week before the event, before I start training. None of the people that we watch, the basketball players, the football players, the, all of them, they're constantly training, even if it's not during season time. Why? Because they're preparing for the season. The season of change is every day, and we have to keep put. We have to put in the work, so that when the time shows up, because sometimes it's going to come without notice. We yes. we got to have something to pull on, and we can't run from it. We can't hide from it. We can't insure our life away from it. You can have as many insurance if you want as you want. Life is always going to show up and take you to a place where you didn't even imagine. I never imagined that I'd be in that situation. Never. I'm now sure. I did. I was sort of like, it was some of the things that popped in my head, like, oh my God, I don't want to have it happening to me. But I never sat in it to think, oh, what would I do if I was in that place? I remember just like, oh, I could never do it. So I just like changing my thoughts. So really it's about not waiting. It's mm-hmm. about doing the work, the inner work, doing the healing, whatever the healing is for you. Whatever it is, if it's just meditation, meditate. Well, I don't know how to meditate. Well, you've never meditated before. How do you know how to me- what it's like to meditate? It's going to be uncomfortable. It's going to be new. Your mind is going to tell you, no, you can't do it. It's not for you. Okay. <laughs> Maybe one day you'll be forced to meditate. Right. I joined a gym recently. And when I joined, actually, it's been maybe three months now, I was excited. And my sister and I, we went like, you know, like every week. And then second month, we were like, wait, 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 we haven't been to the gym. And I've been busy. So it's like, it's been more of an effort to go now. More of an effort. But I know why I joined the gym. So it's like, I have to remind myself, we have to keep going back and keep making ourselves accountable. Exactly. Making ourselves accountable because change is going to show up. Oh, for sure. There are no doubt about that. It's like I, I was just having a conversation the other day and talking about certain ideas and etherical ideas and things that people are talking about. I said, yeah, it makes sense in, in, in theory, but it's a whole different story when you have to apply it in practice. 
you know, yeah. you can say, oh, yeah, I get that. I could do, I see that. But when, when you say that, okay, I understand it. But when you actually have to live through it, then you really have to pull your reins in and, you know, practicing your, you know, walking your talk. And when you said, I want to live, you know, I want to teach and help and heal through my own experiences, the universe heard you. <laughs> <laughs> Boy, did it. Said, she said, okay, okay come on. I'm going to yes. give you a, a, I'm going to give you something that's going to force you literally, because you probably don't even realize yet because it wasn't that long ago, how much you've grown from that experience. What a huge quantum jump you probably oh, oh, did. Oh, yeah. I mean, it it's, probably it's hasn't ongoing. even integrated into your system yet. It is ongoing. I mean, because mm-hmm. I, I, I see some things and I see myself, feel myself sometimes in conversation with people or, you know, if people call me, when people call or family members dealing with stuff, it's kind of like, wow. I mean, I just, I, 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 I work and support people now from a place of clarity. I have no doubt about what I'm saying. And if I find myself saying something that just happened to jump in my mind that sound good, I'll check that. But there is a clarity to me now when I'm working with people because, and and I actually find myself saying, "I'm telling you what I know." The first time I heard, the first time I heard myself say, "It's like, oh damn, whoa, that's some boldness." And then I said, "Yeah, I do." I actually am. (laughs) I'm telling you what I know. Yeah, and it's, it's it's the process is still ongoing. I mean, it's only been what six six months, seven yeah. months. It hasn't really been yeah. that long, and so there's different things that I'm just kind of fitting into this new space. Oh, I'm I'm sure, and and it happens to all of us in different ways, right? Your husband or your wife come home one day and say, "I don't want to be married anymore." God right. forbid you lose a child. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's like the worst thing that could happen to you. You go to the doctors for a physical and they give you a debilitating diagnosis, right? A hurricane comes and wipes out your house. An earthquake comes. I mean, you know, there's so many things and and it happens to every single one of us at some point in our lives. So, and I, I was there, you know, I've had some things happen to me and, and for a long time I played the victim. You know, and I was writing, actually, I'm going to read it in a minute. I was right. I wrote a blog for a blog and I've been thinking about the word I was telling Ade when I was talking to him. It's called sovereignty. What does sovereignty mean? And that word has just been floating around in my head and it applies to what we were talking about. <clears throat> so it's only about a thousand words. So I'm just going to read it. Do you care if I read it a day? Sure. I'll read it on the air. Okay. <laughs> how, am I, how am I going to tell you not to read something you wrote on your show? Really, I'm bold, but I ain't that bold. You are, you are my guest, so it's not very, it's it's not short, but it's not very long. Okay. Okay. So, and it applies to what we're talking about. So it says, I've been thinking of the word sovereign, or specifically living in sovereignty lately, and contemplating what that really means. If you look up the word sovereign, quote, it is borrowed from Old French sovereign, which is ultimately derived from the Latin word superanus meaning, quote unquote, above. It is a title which we could given to people in various categories. The roles of a sovereign vary from monarch, head of state, to head of municipal government, or head of chival- uh, chival- um, chivalric order. The word sovereignty, 
is the full right and power of a governing body over itself without any interference from outside sources or bodies. So what does that mean in our own lives? Do you have or possess sovereignty over your own life? Another way of thinking of it is called taking full personal responsibility over everything that is currently in your life. That includes everything. Yes, everything. Even all the horrible, terrible victim garbage that happened to you to you. Now I know that it's hard to digest. You probably are shaking your head at these words saying to yourself, how am I responsible for being abused as a child? Well, of course you are not. That is on the abuser. What I mean is right now as an adult, if you are still reacting and living your life, making choices as that same victim, then yes, you are responsible. You have a choice if you want to remain a victim to all the terrible things that happen to you. You have a choice if you make every decision from a space of victimhood or empowerment. You have a choice in what relationships you allow into your life. If every decision and path you take comes from a place of what others did to you, then you are not sovereign over your life. Your path, your heart, your soul, your dreams, and your choices are all coming from a wounded place. You have, in fact, given your complete complete power away to others. Taking complete personal sovereignty takes courage and has a high price. But is it a price worth paying? In my opinion, it's the ultimate price, but it yields the ultimate rewards. You no longer can blame your parents, your family, your friends, your circumstances, your enemies, and your lovers. You can no longer blame fate, destiny, society, or whatever God you may believe in. It is very simple, yet one of the hardest things to do. Take a moment and imagine you're reading this. As you look around your life, you will no longer blame, and you can fill in the blank, for what isn't working. You know who you blame, whether it's an ex-spouse, your parents, society, or God. You live in poverty because your parents are poor, and they never encourage you to go after your dreams. What dreams you think? You didn't have time for dreams when you needed to help feed the family. You failed out of college because the loved one died and you couldn't handle it all. So you blame God or the universe or whatever you call it for currently working at a low-paying job. You are given a debilitating diagnosis, so you think, screw it. I'm going to get high because I don't care anymore. That's your right. You can do that, and there's no wrong answer here or blaming. We each handle life's challenges differently. But what if there is this still, that little part of you that longs to have a different reality? Do you think your life will shift if you are allowing yourself to be the victim of your circumstances? No one is saying any of this is fair. Life is not fair. Why do bad things happen to good people? But you do have a choice. You can heal. You can regain control of your life. And you can gain sovereignty over how you live. You can take complete responsibility for everything that is in your life. Maybe a situation needed to show up in your life so you would take an action. Maybe you were supposed to lead the way in helping others. What if you had to suffer early losses so you could counsel young children? What if you had to experience that abusive marriage and survive so you could save other women, men, and children? What if your experience losing a parent to cancer was that catalyst for you to go to school and become an oncologist whose goal it is to cure, to finally cure this disease? We all have terrible things happen to us while we're here on this planet. My personal belief is Earth is a school, and it is helping us all grow and evolve. No one said school was easy, and it certainly hasn't been in my life. For a long while, I did the blame game. It felt good at first. I didn't have to take responsibility for my actions, for how I felt, for my life. It was awesome until it wasn't.
After some time, it started to occur to me that I was continuing my own suffering. The experience or incident of what happened was over, but yet I was still punishing myself. I had now become my own abuser. There was no power in that. There was no love in that, and there was no sovereignty in that. And that realization hurt more than the experience. No one can hurt us more than we hurt ourselves. The self-abuse that we allow after the tragic event just deepens the open wound, and it's like pouring acid into an oozing gash. We must find the salve and gently apply it until it heals and scars over. Once we heal that, we recognize it and we honor what it taught us. The scar becomes a place of courage and power. We were on the battlefield and we survived. We have wisdom now where we may not have before. We have expanded our compassion to ourselves and others. Then we come from a place of empowerment a place of sovereignty where, yes, terrible things happen, but we are responsible for our life and our choices, no one else. So where would you rather be? Would you rather stay in victimhood and blame, or would you rather take ownership and let go? I encourage you to look at your life and ask yourself how you feel. Can you see where you have allowed other people or circumstances control your life? Do you want to take your life back? If you're reading this, then the odds are the answer is yes. So do it. Remember, I said it's simple but not easy. Find a way, take a step, move in a different direction, ask for help, put it out to the universe that you are ready to become empowered and take ownership and sovereignty over your whole life. I promise you the universe will hear you and meet you on your path to healing. Once you take that first step and you make that declaration, it must be so. Blessings. So what do you think? (laughs) I I love how you ended with blessings. (laughs) Because they're like, what the? She talking about blessings. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's powerful. That's some powerful shit. It create yeah, a shift. <laughs> it's and it's confronting for some people. And you know, mm-hmm. and and it and it's. I love how you just kind of weave the story together because you know there's so many things that we buy into. One of the things you talked about, yes, bad things do happen to good people, and that's some of the story that we, we tell ourselves. It's like, well, bad things, if you, if you want to say bad things, happens to everybody. Right. It's not just good people. I mean, and, and as you wrote in your story, you know, what, what could be called bad becomes a catalyst for something good. So right. is bad really bad or which one is it? And so really, for me, it's like dealing with changes that we don't like that we want to avoid because changes always happen we want change to happen we want the weather to change we want the time to change we want you know we can't wait to go home but there's some changes we just don't want nothing to do with and some changes are going to sneak up on us and so yeah i i think that's beautiful it's a way to bring people back to themselves and ask deeper questions what would you do if you weren't afraid if you, what right. would you do if you were just standing on your on your own authority, your own inner authority? Yeah, that's a beautiful piece of writing. Thank so you're going to publish that? I am. I submitted it to. Um, uh, I'm not going to tell you which because I don't know if it's going <laughs> to be selected. But I submitted it to a magazine, and um, she wanted something that's never been published before. So um, hopefully, I'll have her as a guest one day on my show. Uh, she's okay. a really cool magazine. So we'll see. I'm hoping if if she declines it, it will go on mine. <laughs> I will definitely right? publish right? it. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. 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 
but you know, it's this- just a word. It's just been, and it fit, but that's how it always works for me. Whatever I'm thinking of, my subconscious is also working at the same time because things are lining up that there's no coincidences. Like I didn't even associate what I was going to write for this magazine to what we were going to talk about with the show. Like those Mm. two, like I didn't consciously put those two together until yesterday. Yeah. And I saw, isn't that the beauty Mm-hmm. Where there's something happened behind the scenes. And as I told you yesterday, I'm currently writing Daily Thoughts. Um, mm-hmm. For those who don't know, it's a monthly inspirational um, publication. And it's published by Hillside International Truth Center in Atlanta. So I write every other month. Like this month is my month. So I'm writing for the month of July. And I've written about sovereignty before. But yesterday I was writing about that again. And I was I Googled it to see what to just kind of remember <laughs> what it meant. So when you told me, it's like, wow. How on point. And, and, and what we're talking about here is very important mm-hmm. to understand that life is for us, never against us. Right. Even if you think his life is against you. I mean, because you, you have the right to think whatever you want to think. You don't even you don't have to believe anything that I'm saying. Mm-hmm. So what I know is life is always supporting us is about growth, is about transformation. I'm going on a retreat, this um, a silent retreat this weekend. And I wanted to go about a month ago and they didn't have any space available. And the guy said, okay, we only have something available around, um, I think he said, whatever the date, Friday, this Friday is to Sunday. And I was like, oh, I was trying to do like four days. And it's actually, I like doing it. I used to do it at home. I just won't talk to anybody. So I do like a weekend retreat. Um, But anyway, long story short. I booked the place and I'm going this weekend, but I've been thinking, oh, I don't know, three days of silence. No, it's not the first time I've done it, but somehow it was just beginning to feel tedious. Like, I don't know. I've got so many things to do. i got so much to catch up with. Yesterday I was reading something about my pin, my personal year number. Uh, so my year number is seven, my personal year number is seven right now. And I was just reading, I just, I was just led to it. I didn't even know why. It wasn't even, it just came out of the blue. I said, no, let me Google it. And the article I was reading talked about May 2nd is a good time. Anytime around that time is a good time to go on a retreat. No. I said, really? That was a sign. <laughs> yes. So I said, okay, I give up the fight. I give up the fight. So, you know, it's important to trust those nudges sometimes. Mm-hmm. They prepare us. For what's to come that we're not aware of. Um, yeah. So wait, and, just let me ask you, because you've done these. So I know there's no talking. You won't talk. But do they, is there music playing? Do you listen to anything? Or is everything completely silent? <laughs> I don't know if you can get completely silent on this earth. Um, well, you know but, what I mean. Like, no music, yeah. no Well, no so let me say bowl, it this way. No chimes, no nothing. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> la, 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 la. As you can see, that's uncomfortable. That would make me. I'm like resistant well, to hearing it. <laughs> okay. So when I started doing it, I started doing it many years ago, and I would do it at home and what I call my weekend silent retreat. And there were times where I would actually listen to things, um, talks maybe on YouTube, a documentary about person's development, spiritual development. I'm not talking to anybody, but I'm listening. Okay. Um, and sometimes during those times, I could just go for hours without just, you know, I'm hearing stuff, go cars outside, maybe music, sure. but it, my attention is inward. Yeah. 
Okay. And then I've been to retreats. I actually went to one. Um, what was this, this year? In 2017. It was a silent retreat, and it was six days. And when I got there, I found out that yes, it's a silent retreat, but not everybody came there to be silent. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> so, yeah. and apparently it started off like that, but then people couldn't do. You know, they were just doing writing notes and doing stuff and the director of the spiritual center said you know what it's a silent retreat you do if you want to there's still some things where things that we have that we do a schedule we just invite people to be part of that you're not forced to be part of it anyway this silent retreat that i went to for six days i was the only one not talking at all wow. now people had their quiet moment mm -hmm. but people are always talking when we go to eat when we're out and oh, i eventually okay. had to put a sign on me saying that i'm observing silence and they're like oh, oh okay. you're not talking Oh, okay. And so it was like from a sun for me, it was from Sunday to Saturday. And Saturday, when I started talking to the people, they're like, oh my God, you can speak. I'm like, of course <laughs> I can speak. <laughs> so there's so, something about these silences that feed your soul that, that oh you need those. Because God. if you've already, if you yeah. do them at home and you've done them before and you continually look to do them, there's something about them that is very healing for you. It's healing, and I get a lot of clarity. Um, I mean, I'm a talker. I could, I can talk all day, yeah. even though I work from home. I'm mostly with myself. I'm not always talking. But I can talk about things that I'm passionate about all, all day. But the, what I found is just to be quiet. It turns the attention from the external world inward. So it's like I'm listening within. I'm listening to things, um, maybe something that's been um, that I've heard before the spirit gave to me that I downloaded in the meditation or a visioning process will come back and we have a, 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 a clarity. The last well, not the last one, but the one I did that was six days of silence. One of the things I heard just, you know, people say heard from here, from from where intuition, inner voice, whatever you want to call it, higher self, God was you are the future of your past. And it just came, it just welled up from within me. And I'm thinking, whoa, what does that mean? It feels, I feel, I feel the deepness of it, but wait, what does that mean? And, you know, what I realized as I sat with it day after day and meditated on it, it's like, you know, where I am right now, this is a result of things that happened in the past. So in the past, this was my future. Who I am today is based on the work I did in the past. So I am actually the future of my past experience. And to think about that, it's like what it made me see and feel is if I want to create a different future, I have to start doing what I need to do now. I have right. to do the work now. I have to start visualizing now. I need to start visioning now. I need to start creating that now. I need to start talking to people about that. So sometimes I'll get an insight that just changes my whole way of thinking. Um, sometimes it's just the opportunity to just be quiet. And the other thing I found when I, that I've, since I've done it many times now is, because I messed around and didn't do this, it's like when I come out of the silent retreat, it's important to not just jump back into talking, mm. you know, to slowly bring myself back. Because the first time I did it, I had, I, I started to feel sore throat and I'm like, I was feeling sick. I'm like, what is going wow, on? Wow, that's interesting. It, it, it was. And I was like, okay, spirit, what's going on? So I got still and I was told, no, you got to integrate yourself very gently. Don't go back into communicating with people and talking and doing things. Yeah. So, you know, anybody who wants to do that, that's a little advice. When you come back, oh, I'm talking now. No, 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 no. <laughs> it's like after a fast. 
Yes. Yes. Very yes. light until you're. Yeah. Well, yeah, and I think that those are the best times to get those inward answers. Answers when we're silent, and that is a challenge for me. It's a challenge for me to silent my mind because my mind is constantly chattering. I'm constantly reading something. I'm constantly listening to music or a book or watching something or talking to somebody. So it's a challenge, but I, in those moments that I can <laughs> shut it down, it's, they are very healing and it, and it is really good about say if something does happen to you, like if some some something happened, you're going through a divorce or you lost your house or whatever. If you can give yourself those moments to feel the pain, deal with that, grieve whatever it is, and then allow yourself to be silent, you will get downloaded messages oh, yeah. that are inspiring, that are there to help you to go to the next step. Yeah, it indeed. really does happen. Indeed. And, you know, and for me, the point is not even just to silent the mind because you're going to win. You're going to lose that battle. Right. The mind is going to win. The yeah. mind that, you know, your mind is to to think. You're always right. thinking, you know, your thought is always going to be thoughting. You just, it's just, just the way it is. But there's something about just stepping away from it. It's almost like if you have somebody who's always talking and you're engaging them and you're saying, oh my God, I wish they're being quiet. I, I want to go to sleep. And you're like, yeah, that's true. A friend of mine was like that too. And they keep going and you're like, oh, they're doing my head in. But if you, if you could just be quiet long enough, the person would eventually say, oh, I'm talking too much, and I? You, know, you have an opportunity to lie or tell the truth. You have to say, no, 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 or say, no. <laughs> you know. But if you keep quiet, <laughs> right, right. If you keep quiet long enough, something mm-hmm. would happen. It's like, oh, I've been holding you up. I've been talking. And then eventually they'll shut up or like, let me let you go. You know, and you're like, oh, great. So if the mind is doing what the mind does and it's going, it's ch- there's a lot of mental chatter, it's fine. It's You just become an observer of it. You don't get to react to it. And if you do, you just watch yourself reacting to it. The most important thing we can do is you t- what you talked about in your uh, in your blog is this whole thing to remember that we have the responsibility or we have the gift to be mm-hmm. responsible. And right. oftentimes we look at responsibility as like, well, I didn't do anything. It's not even about yeah. that. If you break it down and say responsibility, mm-hmm. you have the gift in how you respond to the things you have the ability to respond to things differently so right. when the mind is doing what the mind does i have a responsibility to deal with it like okay oh i'm still thinking about that you know and then okay i don't want to get caught up in that and eventually it drifts you find your mind going somewhere you may hear a bird singing it's like oh my god it may be the trees rustling it's like oh wow you might hear the wind like you've never heard it before you might hear a dog barking it's like you're listening differently and yeah. even that is part of the things that we can do to prepare to make ourselves available for changes that we rather not go through because I really believe the fear of change, especially the ones that we don't like, is really mm-hmm. connected to death. Mm-hmm. You know, we don't talk about death. We're afraid of death. We don't want to right. say, oh, that's so morbid. But the truth yeah. is, when we run from death, we're running from life. You can't, I don't want to talk about death. That means you don't want to talk about life because death and life are one and life. the same. It's yeah. one and the same. When death occurs, a new life is beginning. That's you know, true. the beginning of a new life is preceded by death. 
So they're one and the same. And if we just remind ourselves that even when things are great, this mm-hmm. too shall pass. When exactly. things are horrible, this too this shall too pass. pass. Yeah. No matter what it is, this too shall pass. It always does. You're the only one that's holding on to it. Well, if I let go now, I remember what happened 10 years ago. Well, that was 10 years ago. And you're still holding, holding on to it. You're refusing to pass the test, but right. life has moved on. Exactly. And I think that we have, we, we have a habit of, we make things so much more painful because we, part of the pain is resisting what is actually going on. So the event happened and you don't want it to happen. So you're resisting that it happened, but it happened. So there's nothing you can do about it. So accepting that it happened as painful as that is, is the cat will catapult you to the next level and, and accelerate your healing because part of it, we, we hold on to wishing it didn't happen for so long, but it happened. Like when you're sitting there and you're locked up, you can wish all you want, but you're still freaking locked up. What are you going to do? No. Yes. We've got about three minutes, but I want to speak to that accepting it because Mm -hmm. sometimes it's such a simple thing, but it could be complicated. Accepting it is telling the truth about what is happening Telling the truth about how you feel. Yes. If we can tell the truth, this is what's happening. Without all the stories like this is happening to me because I didn't meditate, I didn't pray, I was not spiritual enough. Stop it. You can do that, but snap out of it real quick. But just tell the truth. I don't like what is happening. Right now I'm pissed. Right now I don't want to talk to anybody. Mm -hmm. And and the, the, the more important thing, just as important really, is to be able to like go back and remember, go back within yourself. That mm-hmm. there is an answer. You may not be able to come up with it, but if somebody would deliver that answer to you, spirit will always give you an answer. So it may come not come through you, but it will come through somebody else. Tell the truth about what is happening and listen. Ask for help. Pray for help. Write for help. Whatever you need to do is like, I need help. I can't do this myself. Yeah, well, I don't want to be a burden. This, that ain't a time for it. <laughs> you know, when you're in deep yeah. shit, that's the last thing you're thinking about. Because I tell you, I, I don't know if I really thought, if I did maybe once, but I didn't think I didn't want to be a burden. I was trying to get the hell out of there. So yeah, it didn't matter. I love how that you said that. I was reading the sentence because I have it on my notes. Ask for help. And you yes. said, ask for help. As I was reading the sentence. So yeah, so that's a good way to like wrap this up and give yourself permission To feel vulnerable because we don't give ourselves permission. You know, we always think we have to be so stoic and we can handle everything and it's okay to be vulnerable and emotional and realize that you're not alone. What's the other thing? You're not alone and ask for help. Ask for help. Thank you so much. Allowing yourself to be in that place of vulnerability will help you actually (laughs) move through the experience even better and Mm -hmm. quicker and easier. Oh, my God. Well, thank you so much. I know our time's up. We didn't even take a break. (laughs) (laughs) That was great. Thank you so much, Ade, for being my guest and for producing my show, which I couldn't do without you. So I love you, and I thank you so much. And thank you for your gifts that you bring to the world. Thanks. Thank you for having me.
Okay. All right, guys. So we are at the end, and a day has to go back to producer and produce another show. So next week, though, I want you to make sure you join me because I have Gregory Possman back. He is going to be channeling like he did the last time. He just did a little bit of a Quan Yin, but he's going to do that again. So the show is mostly going to be him channeling, and he's going to have other masters. So come with your questions. Thanks for tuning in to Postcards to the Universe with Melissa and Ade here on 1-2 Radio, where we are changing the way we manifest in the world and stay tuned for more amazing shows in today's lineup. Ciao.